GM is overtaken by Toyota. Millions of workers quit. Manufacturing activity is slower than expected. We go over the biggest analyst calls. Google buys a security startup. COVID surges across the United States. Airlines cancel more flights. And OPEC agrees to increase production once again. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. My goodness, and by the way, this is another episode of the Running With Money Briefing powered by Pound on the Table, but the markets are a bit volatile today, that's for sure, and we have a lot of headlines to cover, but first off, what are we seeing across the indexes and the markets? Well, we see the Dow Jones currently up 264, the NASDAQ down 190, but off those lows, and the S&P 500 up 3.77, some interesting price action. Well, it can all be explained with one word, and that one word is called rotation. You are seeing a lot of rotation into the financials, industrials, energy. Pretty much the theme is out of growth into value today when it comes to the market. Meanwhile, you do see Fang holding up pretty well. If you take a look at a performance map of the day, we do see Microsoft, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon all down, but they are all down um, not even by 2% uh, when it goes to each name individually. So it's not all that bad. I mean, Apple's down 1.06%, Microsoft down one and a half percent. So when it comes to the fang names, not terrible. But if you take a look at that, uh, we like to call it smid cap growth, small and mid cap growth names, they're absolutely getting crushed. I mean, you can go down the list of these names getting crushed. You see Cloudflare getting crushed, Upstart getting crushed. I mean, Unity getting crushed, Snowflake crushed. A lot of these growth names, some of the FinTwit favorites, as we call them, continuing to get crushed. And this is all on the back of what we're seeing on the flip side of the market where you see the financials running and energy names running and industrials moving heavily to the upside of the day. Some leaders when it comes to the industrials, Boeing, Caterpillar, Deere, when you look at the financials, JP Morgan, Bank of America, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Wells Fargo, all of those names crushing it to the upside. You go over to the automakers and one of the only automakers today moving to the downside or the group of automakers moving to the downside today are mostly, guess what? Those EV names, the legacy automakers outperforming the day. You see Toyota up, GM up. What else do we see? We see Ford up 12%. Can you freaking believe that? Ford absolutely a rocket ship today. Meanwhile, you look at consumer defenses and you see Procter and Gamble. You see Coca-Cola. You see those type names moving to the upside. You see Home Depot, Lowe's, Nike, all moving to the upside today. And it seems the theme is, well, guess what? Value is in store for 2022, at least paying attention to today. So that is something to take account of. But you never know what is going to happen. I do want you guys all to know I did post this on my Twitter feed, so you can go put it on your calendars, but we do get those Fed minutes very soon, folks. We get to them tomorrow, in fact, to give you the exact time you're going to want to pay attention to at 1900 GMT tomorrow, Wednesday, January 5th. We're going to get these Federal Reserve minutes from that December meeting where they pretty much said they're likely going to raise rates three times 
times in 2022. But who really knows? We're going to get these minutes tomorrow at 1900 GMT, and that's going to be something to pay attention to. And you could see some big-time volatility within the markets when those minutes come out tomorrow. So pay attention to that. But shifting into group by group before we get into the headlines, what we see is we see energy, financials, industrials, basic materials, and consumer defensive names all moving to the upside. All of those sectors in the green today. Meanwhile, real estate, utilities, communication services, consumer cyclical, technology, healthcare, all moving to the downside. Now, shifting into the biggest headlines of the day, the top headline everyone's talking about is GM, their deliveries and production, and how they've been overtaken by Toyota. Can you believe that? So, it's the first time since 1931 that a Detroit automaker wasn't the best-selling car company in the United States. Holy smokes, are the legacy automakers of the United States falling behind? Well, we're going to dig into the numbers right now. You take a look, and Toyota has simply been able to manage these supply chain issues better than GM has. And really, when you break down the deliveries and production of these companies, GM did say today that they sold 2.2 million vehicles in the United States throughout 2021, and that was down 12.9% when compared to 2020. Meanwhile, you look at the fourth quarter and GM sales fell 43% to 440,745. And that's compared to 771,323 vehicles a year earlier. So a 43% decline in fourth quarter sales for GM and a 12.9% decline in vehicles sold throughout 2021 on a year over year basis. And really, this is all in part due to those supply chain constraints that we were seeing, specifically in semiconductors and their Therefore, they didn't have um, as much supply as they usually do to sell to clients or customers. So that is something to pay attention to when it comes to these numbers here. GM being more affected by the supply chain in those constraints than Toyota. Meanwhile, you look at dealer inventory, and that includes in-transit vehicles for GM. And that was 199,662 at the end of Q4. And that was actually up from 128,757 cars and trucks at the end of the third quarter. So there were some improvements in GM's numbers. Now, you're probably wondering, why is GM up then today if basically um, they saw some pretty sizable declines when it comes to full year vehicles sold and also sales on a quarterly basis in Q4. Why is the name up? Well, they are up because GM did say that they do see the supply chain constraints improving here in the next few quarters and therefore the numbers are going to definitely improve in the next few quarters specifically when it comes to semiconductors they're looking for improvements over the course of the next few quarters. So that is something to pay attention to. But before we leave this headline, I want to dig in to the Toyota numbers. I mean, by comparison, what is Toyota delivering? So you take a look and Toyota said that they sold 2.3 million vehicles in the United States last year, 2021, and that was actually up 10.4% when compared to 2020. So GM saw a decline year over year of 12.9%. Meanwhile, Toyota saw an increase of 10.4% on a year over year basis. And the difference in total between GM and Toyota for the year of 2021 was, well, you guessed it, 114,035. 
for vehicles. And that's uh, that headline GM being overtaken by Toyota. Meanwhile, we take a look over at the labor market and we had a record 4.5 million workers quit their job in November. Now that is up 8.9% from October. And when you compare it to September in that metric of 4.36 million, we did see quite a few more people quit throughout November than the previous few months. So that's a very interesting metric there. Now, as a percentage of the workforce, the quits rate of 3% matched the September mark. So that is something to know and per CNBC. All the while, all these people are quitting. We did see job openings actually decline to 10.6 million, according to the Labor Department. So you take a look at the overall data and according to CNBC, on quote, for November, the number of job openings totaled 10.56 million, lower than the 11 million estimate from FactSet and a decline from 11.09 million in October. So overall, what we saw here was the job openings rate coming in at 6.6%. That's down from 7% in October. And also that is ahead of the 4.5% from the prior year, same time. So definitely um, some mixing data here when it comes to the labor market, quite a few people quitting, but also the job openings um, declining. So that is something to pay attention to in that job openings rate also declining to 6.6%. Also, you take a look at the employment index and that rose to 54.2% and that is a gain of 0.9 percentage points. Um, so also an improvement there. So some interesting data coming out of the labor market overall hiring remaining strong. Meanwhile, we're seeing quite a few people quitting month by month. They're calling this your great resignation. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the coming months. And this shifts us right into manufacturing data. And I want to talk about this manufacturing data real quick because we did get the ISM manufacturing index read today and that registered 58.7%, which is below the 60% expectation and represents a drop from 61.1% in November. So that is something to note. So if you really take a look, the biggest subtractions when it comes to the ISM index here came among supplier deliveries, and that fell 7.3% uh, percentage points, I should say. And then also we saw um, a surprise plunge in prices, which is very interesting. So you take a look at prices, and they dropped 14.2% um, throughout that same time, or 14.2 percentage points. And this is very odd because we have been seeing this record high inflation um, over the course or record high when compared to the past 40 years. So it's interesting that prices did indeed fall by 14.2%. So you have a lot going on there or 14.2 percentage points. So you have a lot going on here when it comes to manufacturing, the ISM manufacturing index registering 58.7% reading below the 60% expectation and representing a drop from the 61.1% that we saw in November. Now I do want to clue you in on how this ISM manufacturing index works and exactly how you can understand it per se. So a reading over 50% on the ISM manufacturing index indicates that the manufacturing sector as a whole is expanding and if it's below 50% vice versa, that means it's mostly contracting. So that is something to know when hearing the ISM manufacturing index readings. Now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we need to talk about Wells Fargo naming Bank of America a top pick for 20 
2022. Wells Fargo going on to say, quote, financials should benefit from changes in interest rates, still good credit efficiencies from the tech revolution, still attractive valuations and COVID recovery. Wells Fargo naming Bank of America a top pick for 2022 and liking the name for the year. Wells Fargo also named Disney a top pick for 2022, going on to say, quote, the past few months have shown that Disney will likely face some serious content obstacles if it is to meet its full year 2024 subscriber guidance. Thus, the backdrop for Disney into 2022 is a proper execution story in our view. Given Disney's history of delivering the good content or the content goods, we think it's an attractive setup, so it's our favorite large cap growth idea for 2022. So two interesting calls, top pick calls for 2022 out of Wells Fargo and Bank of America and Disney. We had Credit Suisse upgrading General Electric to outperform from neutral today. The firm going on to say, quote, in December, GE noted that aviation revenue and free cash flow could return to pre-pandemic levels in 2023. We think cyclical recovery and free cash flow execution will drive the stock higher despite a lack of catalyst narrative into the spinoff. So Credit Seuss upgrading General Electric to outperform from neutral, liking what they're seeing when it comes to not only the entire company itself, but the aviation revenue and free cash flow and where those metrics are heading. Credit Suisse also downgraded Honeywell to neutral from outperform the day, going on to say, quote, we continue to believe that Honeywell is a high-quality industrial software company with leading businesses across each segment. However, as we look across mega-cap stocks with leverage to Cisco Aerospace Recovery, we see more upside potential in General Electric. It seems Credit Suisse is liking GE over Honeywell for the first time in a long time. Shifting into a call out of Gunningham, downgrading Pinterest to neutral from buy. The firm going on to say, quote, with shares under consistent pressure since reporting below consensus user trends in the second quarter of 2021, we have been hesitant to downgrade in front of potential user stabilization. However, with data indicating continued usage weakness and another quarter of below consensus results, we downgrade the shared or the shares to neutral from by Gunningham downgrading Pinterest, not liking the name and believing that really it is just priced incorrectly at its current price point. Now shifting into Morgan Stanley, upgrading Halliburton to overweight from equal weight in oil name, getting upgraded today as the energy sector absolutely crushes it throughout the past week. Morgan Stanley goes on to say, quote, market sentiment last year was focused on international and energy transition where it compares less favorably. Yet, we think Halliburton will surprise on free cash flow and communicate a clear message that the cash is headed to investors. It seems Morgan Stanley likes Halliburton upgrading it to overweight from equal rate. And finally, we had Needham naming Marvell a top 2022 pick, a semiconductor favorite. Needham going on to say, quote, as the semiconductor industry growth rate slows in 2022, that may cause some multiple compression across the sector. We believe investors will gravitate to names like Marvell with higher secular growth rates. Needham believing that multiples will contract, especially even in the semiconductor space, and therefore Marvell will almost be a flight to safety given their higher secular growth rates. And then finally, we had RBC naming Amazon a top pick for 2022, going on to say, quote, the company's unmatched scale and advantage in verticalized e-commerce combined with its industry-leading cloud business gives it many shots on goal for future growth opportunities in new verticals. So, 
RBC, naming Amazon a top pick for 2022, liking the name because they are a leader in e-commerce and they have plenty of growth ahead of them and they have a lot of verticals in the future that they can expand into. Now, shifting out of the biggest analyst calls, I want to shift in to Google buying a security startup. Who would have thought? Now, we do know that all the way back in August, we had Google and they pledged to the president of the United States, Joe Biden, that they would invest $10 billion in cybersecurity over the next five years. Well, guess what? They're following through on that. So today we had Google announcing that their cloud division has acquired the Israeli cybersecurity startup, Simplify, and the financial terms of this deal were not disclosed. But according to a close source per Reuters, they paid $500 million in cash for the company or the cybersecurity startup. Simplify, definitely something to note here. A smaller headline, but I wanted to know it. An acquisition um, from one of the big fang names is always something to note in my opinion. Now, shifting into COVID-19 numbers, and we need to touch on this real quick because we have hit another single-day record, unfortunately, praying for everyone with COVID-19, but the U.S. has reported more than a million new infections today, a single-day record for the pandemic. To be exact, 1,082,549 new cases were reported today, and that is according to data compiled by John Hopkins University, and there is the closing bell you hear in the background. And now shifting into airlines, we need to touch on this. They canceled another 1,300 flights today and it is not getting any better since Christmas Eve. They have scrubbed more than 20,000 flights according to CNBC and this might not let up. Now this is in part due to the pandemic but mostly in part due to um, some storms throughout the mid-Atlantic. So it is something to pay attention to. It'll be interesting to see how these airline stocks react. And so far today, you saw the airline stocks actually move to the upside as the travel trade and value names have been revived over the course of the past few trading sessions. And then to round out the show today... We do want to know what is going on with OPEC. So we see energy rallying, but no one is talking about what OPEC is doing. So OPEC and its allies have agreed, according to Bloomberg News, um, to increase once again that output or that increase in production to 400,000 barrels a day. That increase is scheduled for February, and it has been approved by the 23-nation alliance led by Saudi Arabia and Russia. That was approved once again. Something to pay attention to, the energy market seemingly believing that even though they are going to hike production to uh, or buy 400,000 barrels a day um, in February, that the market will still remain somewhat tight and prices will still remain somewhat elevated. So some interesting stuff there. And we do know that over the course of the next few years, OPEC is planning to get that output to gradually restored because all of that output was halted back in the pandemic when demand fell off a cliff. But that is something to note when it comes to the oil market. OPEC agreeing once again to increase output by 400,000 barrels per day, and that is scheduled for February. So some big stuff to note there when it comes to the oil market. But that is the Running With The Money briefing. We will be back, of course, tomorrow to go over the biggest headlines, biggest analyst calls, and what in the world is going on in the markets. Meanwhile, go give my fellow team members and my boys over at Pound on the Table a listen and a follow at Pound on the Table on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And please, please, please go give me and my team a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Running With The Money or at Luke Donay on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Easily Profit. Be careful out there, and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you.